In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. All right, my friend, there you have it. We are opening this week with another brick in the wall because it seems like every time you turn around, the United States government, such as it is, is putting another brick in the wall. If you're not familiar with that reference, it comes from a rock opera by Pink Floyd that I believe came out in 1979, so it's not quite the 80s, but I thought it was apropos. Certainly, I feel that way. I feel like the main character, Pink Uh, having this wall built around him as he slowly goes insane. It's my understanding, David, that our producer, Jared, has actually seen Pink Floyd. Yes, I saw one of the singers, actually, I think got added in the 80s, singers of Pink Floyd at the Wisdom in LA. And if you haven't been there to see Pink Floyd with a projection of the galaxy in a dome above you, I highly recommend it. Sounds like a great time. I mean, but uh, it sure does. I was trying to get my head around that for a second. Yeah, Why would you I, not do that? Are you sure that wasn't just a bad acid trip in Dallas, Texas, Jared? I can neither confirm nor deny that. Could be either. But either way, exciting stuff. And that's the way, listen, that's the way to open a program because, you know, most people, they just sort of meander into the show. But we are literally hitting you with the best we have right out of the shoot that pink Floyd story, Brad, I don't know about uh, you, but I've got, I've got tingles. I've got the chills. Oh, uh, sorry, but I was taking notes on that story. I wanted to make sure I had the dome down the galaxy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just up and down the spine. Yeah. Brad, we've got some big news coming up. We, we don't have it this week, but you and I were on the phone the other day with uh, our super agent, Steve and uh, Steve has uh has once again outperformed his contract, and he has uh, landed us another big gig, which we'll be announcing in the coming weeks. I cannot wait. I think our audience will be excited about it. I mean, he did drive a hard bargain. I think we owe him 50% of whatever we make on that gig Mm -hmm. was where I think we landed. Uh, But he's worth it. He's worth every penny he's going to get out of that. You know what? You're right. He's he's worth every penny that he's going to get out of that 50%. We call that a back-end in the licensing business. And uh, mm-hmm. Brad, spring has sprung. We are here at the great uh, the great show. You can learn more about us on our website, ipfrequently.com, where you can comment, kvetch, and otherwise just cajole. And you can catch us on social media, Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, at IP underscore frequently. And we will do our best to uh, examine, curate, and potentially even respond to every comment that you put up there, you being our fans. Correct. So Brad, as we start every week here in the uh, uh, lovely month of April, really a transition month, um, we start with the two big news items of the week that everyone must learn about that uh, uh, that cares about this country, cares about their small business. This week, Brad, we start with the state of the U.S. 
economy. Bank of America is now warning its clients that a, quote, recession shock is on the way. It looks like there's going to be a pretty significant downturn into 2023 um, uh, caused by inflation, caused by uh, mismatched um, uh, job openings and opportunities with those on the uh, uh, on the search for jobs, uh, caused by problems with supply chains. Um, and it looks like the Federal Reserve is going to be raising interest rates to bring down the inflation, the highest inflation in 40 years, and that's going to cause a shockwave throughout the U.S. economy. And you know, they're advising people to get out of the stock market. And, and more importantly, this is something that's stinging local um, businesses. And uh, they, more and more, they're getting affected by the uh, problems in the supply chain, but more importantly, the cost of items. They're being passed on to the consumer. And Brad, you and I both know the local hotspot Beefo Brady's. Beefo Brady's, I think you and I, I, I don't think there's a day that goes by where you and I don't go in there for four or five uh, Long Island iced teas before one of these uh, program recordings on Saturday mornings. And uh, Beefo Brady's is now announced in light of this Bank of America report and the uh, shocking state of the U.S. economy that it is eliminating its $12.99 surf and turf dish. It is coming off the menu completely and being replaced with a rather pedestrian fish and chips item that's going to cost $10. Uh, Brad, it seems like this uh, th- this truly is uh, the start of a shockwave that's going to impact all of us, certainly you and I. Well, buddy, that is a just a microcosm of where we are, right? If you need an example, if you need an analogy, if you're trying to get your head around what is happening to the economy, just remember that your surf and turf is being converted to fish and chips. And you can thank the federal government under the robust leadership of one Joseph Biden and his ilk in the House and in the Senate for where we are. I mean, it is just astounding the messaging that comes out of the White House, dodging all important questions, not willing to answer what the solution is going to be because there is no solution. We have lunatics on our team. No one who is capable is in charge. And Bank of America is right. I mean, those things are going to happen and and not because they're outstanding prognosticators. That's just the way the economy works. The economy in many respects is complicated. Obviously, there's tons of inputs, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to do an economics lesson. But in other respects, it's relatively straightforward. Right? Inflation has repercussions. Raising the interest rate has repercussions. Not producing energy at home has repercussions. Right? Not leading, right? simply being slaves to a narrative and not caring what reality looks like, simply saying we're going we're gonna to pretend that our narrative, which we have made up entirely, is the truth, and we are going to attempt to lead in view of that narrative, as opposed to looking out the window and saying, "Ooh, wait a minute, there's a lot of actual reality going on here that doesn't comport with our narrative. We should perhaps adjust to that. No one is doing that. And as a result of that, this train just keeps going down the tracks. If you look at inflation just within the last year, right, just uh, the, the crack team here has gone and done some tabulations, calculations, and just be, between February of 21 to February of 22. This doesn't even t- take into account the last couple of months. 
Um, meat and poultry up 15%, seafood up 22%, cereal 7.5%, gasoline 38%, airfares 15%, fruit and veggies 7.6%. And then in the homage to the folks that run the chop shops, used cars up 41%. Now that makes you immediately want to run out and sell any automobiles that you have. But uh, the problem is then you wouldn't have any formal means of transportation. But it seems like things are just getting worse and rate hikes are probably not going to help things in the short term. So perhaps it's best to go out and buy some of those NFTs um, and invest in digital art. Well, maybe, buddy. I, you know, I, I, you and I both have had this discussion that we're a little you know, confused as to where exactly the value lies in the NFT and the digital art, given that anyone can look at the digital art that you paid for. Just Lovely. a little strange as to how the whole concept of ownership works there. But yeah, but I mean, you cannot fill up your car. I mean, it is eye popping every time you go to fill up your car. That has meaningful repercussions in a society where we typically drive to work. Uh, your friend in mind, Brad, John Hinckley Jr., the great, uh, well, great is probably in the eye of the beholder, the uh, individual that tried to kill Dutch Reagan. He has released a new single. He, of course, is a folksy guitar playing singer. Um, the new singer, Dark is the Night. Brad and I both heard it before this show and love it. Absolutely love it. It is the type of music that you would expect. Very exciting Um uh, images on the, uh, his, his, his Twitter feed. Um, and excited to note, Brad, that John Hinckley, um, will be doing live shows this summer and fall where he'll, he'll come to a local facility and, uh, um, uh, sing his songs. I think, I think, uh, if you wish to book him, of course, you can email him at John Hinckley, management at gmail.com. We've already sent out an email requesting he come on this program and perform. And Brad, even bigger news, July 8th, I know where you and I'll be, the Market Hotel in Brooklyn for the first live performance of John Hinckley Jr., I believe, since 1981. I had no idea that John Hinckley was a musician. That is interesting. I'm now looking at his, what is this? It's his tweeter. Mm -hmm. And uh yeah, it looks good for a man that uh, A, tried to assassinate a president and then B, spent quite some time in a mental institution. I guess all you can say is good for him. Yeah, no, I, I think it's exciting. And, and you can just imagine where this could go, right? Um, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald sings the blues. John Wilkes Booth maybe does like a little tap show. Sirhan Sirhan doing some chanting. I mean, there is a possibility for these, these folks to come together, as we know. Oswald's still alive. Um, so some of the, I don't know about Wilkes Booth, um, but some of these Squeaky folks. From. Squeaky Frome. Squeaky Frome. Maybe do some whistling, maybe some whistling. Um, but this could be an exciting album of failed and successful presidential assassins uh, coming together. And I, I see a gold album in their future. And, and, and it's nice to see a mentally disturbed young man that tried to kill a president of the United States now on the mend and actually in some of these Brooklyn coffee houses and youth hostels uh, playing his old banjo. Yeah, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? That's my Who knows? question. Uh, so far, we've gone through the state of the economy and 
uh, a lot of the problems. This is the segment where, Brad, we dive into the uh, uh, solutions to those problems. First, we let everyone know here in the studio audience and beyond that they can learn more about our show on our website, ipfrequently.com. And we ask folks to go on to uh, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, follow us at IP underscore frequently, and also rate and review our IP frequently podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Lots to cover here uh, today. And, and, and again, this is sort of the feel good segment where we try to dive into all things that make us feel good. Um, first, Brad, the big uh, story and under the Betty White category, where we go into celebrity news that makes people feel better about themselves. Uh, J-Lo and uh, Ben Affleck, um, Jafflack, I think is their nickname, or Benifer or mm-hmm. Megza. I'm not sure what it is, but Brad, they've confirmed that they are once again engaged 18 years to the day, although I don't know if that's right, but 18 years after their first failed engagement went up in flames, uh, Benefer is uh, is back in the news. They are engaged again. It's been confirmed on the social media, on the Twitter. Um, so that's obviously a big uh, news item for those who are running their own small business. Yeah. All the more reason for Elon Musk to get in there and take that thing over. Just shut that down? Yeah, shut it right down. Who cares? Censor it. Uh, well, another big story under the Betty White category. Kim Kardashian, who is one of your favorite uh, stars, um, is now has now called in her lawyers to block. Uh, and as, as you know, Kim Kardashian is the uh, is, is a big, big TV star. And she came to fame uh, 40 or 50 years ago, I believe, with a sex tape that was um, sold, I believe, by her mother to some sex, whoever would buy a sex tape. But now she is trying to block an additional sex tape from coming out from her, uh, I guess her sex tape partner, Ray J is uh, in, in, in the, is marketing quote, raunchy recordings. And so she's hired a uh, big time team of uh, uh, Hollywood litigators to go after Ray J who is uh, again, trying to uh, sell those uh, uh, raunchy recordings. to I guess anyone that would, uh, would buy them. Somewhat ironic that this is a battle that they're having, but how does this impact the average small businessman? Well, there's a lesson to be learned there, buddy. I mean, if you're going to make sex tapes, and I'm not really sure why anyone would do that, uh, but if you're going to, you need to get the licensing rights figured out early in the process, right? Probably in between taking off your shirt and your pants, you're going to want to discuss licensing rights, right? Because once the pants come off, licensing is much harder to do and to focus on. There's probably something to be said about America that we're fascinated with these folks because I I don't know what they contribute to anything. I mean, God bless them. I don't don't wish them ill, but I, I don't understand why what Kim Kardashian does or doesn't do or her brothers or her sisters or her parents or whatever, I don't know why that's meaningful, but but it clearly is, right? I'm not disputing that it is. I mean, it's a, every time she does something, it's a big deal, and I just don't get it. I know, and that's why you know one of the things we do is we try to make smart decisions about how we deliver uh, our um, show to our audience and how we position some of the things. And so that's why, Brad, you know, you and I are not necessarily in tune with the young generation of Cardassians, but. Uh, who we have Jared here, who's obviously got his finger on the pulse 
of all things pop culture, the the TikTok and, and all that. So maybe Jared, you can explain this whole thing to us. Chloe. Chloe is another Kardashian that I know mm-hmm. or I've heard of at least. Mm-hmm. And so that that shows my expertise in the Kardashians possibly surpasses Brad's, but it just about ends there. So there there's it is. 48 more to go. We know there's a Kim. We know there's a Chloe, but near as I can tell, I mean, I, I don't think you can throw a rock with a reasonable expectation of not hitting a, a Kardashian, no matter where you throw it. And is there a Bruce Jenner in there somewhere? Well, there, there, can, there can't, there can't be because Bruce was replaced by Kylie. There was this weird, you know, he went into a phone. Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin. Oh, is it Caitlin? It's Caitlin. Where yeah. am I getting Kylie? So there's a maybe that's another one. It probably is. And so you know, at one point, Jared Bruce Jenner went into a phone booth and came out as a woman. That's my understanding. And in fairness to that process, that woman, Caitlyn Jenner, uh, had some very you know insightful things to say about our current fascination with replacing women's sports by women sports contestants, women athletes with dudes in women's clothing, and then heralding their results as miraculous. I had some interesting things to say about that. I believe we discussed that on the podcast, so you can go back and look through the library that I'm sure everyone listening has of the podcast and uh, and review that. Yeah, I mean, this is something obviously we're going to have to keep our eyes on. Just trying to figure out the whole universe of these people is going to be difficult. So maybe Maybe we just uh, so, sometimes it's always good just to move on. Like when you're young and you like, you know, break a window at your grandparents' house and you just sort of just sashay onto something else and then just deny everything. Maybe we do yeah. that. I, buddy, that sounds like a great idea. All right. So next we have the Biden watch where we go all things Biden. Um, very exciting time. So, so Joe Biden is now convert, confirmed Katami um, Brown as the next Supreme Court justice. So presumably with Breyer staying on the court till June, Brad, we now have 10 Supreme Court justices. So that's nice. That's really an interesting, I don't think that's ever been done before, but it sort of begs the question that in the future, if a party controls the White House, the Senate and the uh, House, if they if they can just go ahead and start stockpiling confirmed Supreme Court justices for the next opening, um, yeah, that may that may be something that's uh, in the cards, but that's neither neither here nor there. Um, and uh, big news this week, though, Joe Biden has now started arresting people who uh, disagree with him politically. A Pennsylvania man, 54 uh, year old Thomas Glakowski, I doubt it's pronounced like that because I don't see a K, was charged with resisting arrest and um, disorderly conduct and uh, various other things by putting an I did that Biden sticker onto gas pumps in his local area of uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I guess these are new gas pumps with Biden pointing at something where he is captioned by saying, I did that. And then you point the finger at the uh, price on the pump. I actually saw that on a gas pump, buddy. Yeah. So this this man, this sticker, this man was arrested while he was putting those up. And it seems like that's happening across the country, both the stickers and the arrests. So it seems probably like a rather unfortunate thing that this poor man is uh, is probably going to go away for a long time, longer than John Hinckley. But the good news is he can come out and perhaps cut an album. Well, I mean, you can certainly prepare for that while he's being put away. It makes sense to me. I mean, when you think about it, buddy, if there's one thing we don't want in this culture, in the world, quite frankly, is people putting 
stickers on gas pumps. That wreaks havoc. Yeah, and so he um, he will be monitoring that. He will probably be touring with Hinckley in about 40, 50 years when he gets out. Um, but in the meantime, Biden's sister, Valerie Owens, I didn't even know that there was a Biden sister, has come out defending her brother, uh, the president, and said that Hunter Biden is not a problem. He did nothing wrong. Uh, Joe Biden should run again in 2024. He's sharper than ever. And uh, she said that the big problem of this country is Trump is intent on bringing the quote, uh, the Biden family down. Um, and there is nothing wrong with Hunter's foreign business dealing. So this is Valerie Owens who's not named Biden. I'm not sure why. Her pronouns don't know those either. But apparently she has come to the full throttle defense of uh, your president there, uh, Broadway Joe. Never heard of her, bud. You and I are in the same boat. Good for her. I mean, quite frankly, I have a sister. If I were you know, making just a complete ass out of myself in front of the entire world on a daily basis, I would consider it a kindness if my sister would come out and say nice things about me. So I I can't fault Valerie Owens for that. She happens to be, of course, abjectly wrong on all counts. I find it amusing that as opposed to presenting any positive, forward-looking plan for the future, the Democratic Party, who is facing just a complete butt-kicking in a few short months here in the midterm elections, has decided to try and scare everybody into the polls by blaming everything to, to include Hunter Biden's laptop on Donald Trump. Yeah, and you, and you see more and more the administration going off the rails in terms of their focus, not on the economy, not on uh, the borders, not on anything that really matters, but focus now on transgender children. And the administration has started a war with states that are trying to curb the ability of doctors to perform medical procedures on quote unquote transgender youth. Um, the most recent, Brad, is the state of Alabama, which is in the South. Uh, Alabama has uh, the governor, uh, Kay Ivey, Kay Ivey, who's a handsome woman, uh, signed a bill recently making it a felony for doctors to assist. Um, minors in gender transition. Obviously, it's a very hot button topic. The administration has made a point through the Department of Justice of suing uh, to stop uh, legislation at the state level going through like this. Alabama is the most recent state that has basically stood up and said that they want to protect children from very radical uh, life altering drugs and surgeries when they're at this you know, young stage in their life being you know, a minor and really having a difficult time uh, making decisions about uh, that, that are going to impact the rest of their uh, rest of their lives. Basically, the Alabama Act now makes it a felony for doctors to perform any medical procedures um, who want to alter their appearance, gender or delay puberty. The fine for the doctor is up to 10 years in prison. It passed overwhelmingly in the Alabama House. And now um, the Democrats through the DOJ are trying to stop it. The governor, Kay Ivey, again, a handsome woman, Brad, said, quote, um, I believe very strongly if the good Lord made you a boy, you are a boy. And if the Lord made you a girl, you are a girl. And that is that. Um, obviously, Jen Psaki at the White House had a lot of bad things to say about this bill, calling it discriminatory and saying it was targeting trans minors. Um, so obviously, there's going to be a lot more here that uh, that happens, but it seems like this is the type of hot button issue um, that uh, is is starting to define uh, what's happening in the election of 2022. 
Oh, but I mean, we want to be careful here, right? I mean, we have states for a reason, right? We are a, a republic of states. And if we've already gone down so many slippery slopes in the last, you know, five, 10 years, it's hard to even go back and count them all. And this would be another one, right? Where if we just let the federal government using the Department of Justice decide what states get to do, we will cease to be a republic, right? I mean, states' rights is an issue. I don't care where you fall out on this, right? I'm sure people are very passionate about what is happening in Alabama, but the people of Alabama get to decide that. So if you live in Alabama and you don't like what's happening in Alabama, fortunately, we live in a country which, you know, Europeans find fascinating. We can just pick up and move. But I, I don't get how we can, on the one hand, say, hey, you're not old enough to do some of these basic things, but you are old enough to decide this incredibly difficult, complex, life-altering, future-changing thing. You should be able to do that on your own with no input from your parents. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I um, totally agree if you're... Uh not old enough to get a wine cooler, you probably shouldn't be old enough to have, quote, gender affirming major reconstructive surgery, but that's just me. I think uh, good for the people of Alabama, not a bad, uh, um, you know, not, not bad to protect our, our, our their state's youth anyway. Uh, next, Brad, we have new protests popping up over global warming. Um, a couple of the big environmental groups are now up in arms over what's going on on the planet Neptune, obviously a big hotspot in terms of um, carbon emissions, uh, but the planet Neptune, which uh, is it, cold, it's, it's cold. Very, on the planet. Yeah, yeah, very cold, yeah. Uh, there has been a big controversy because the planet's uh, stratosphere uh, has dropped in temperature by 14 degrees Fahrenheit between 2003 and 2018. And there are a lot of groups that are wondering why. Uh, and in particular, uh, some groups here in the United States are saying that this could somehow have something to do with fossil fuel emissions in the uh, in the U.S. What say you about that, Brad? Well, of course it does. I mean, any right thinking person knows that fossil fuel emissions are the root problem with everything, right? I mean, if we could a stop using fossil fuels and and, and I guess stopping our houses, stop driving our cars, stop flying on airplanes, stop cooking our food. I mean, just all the things we rely on fossil fuels for. And if everyone changed their gender from whatever they are to something else, doesn't matter whatever else it is, but those are the problems, right? The problems in this world are fossil fuel emissions and cisgendered people, which was a term I had never heard of before a couple of years ago. But my understanding is it means you're sort of okay with the fact that you were born whatever gender you were born, you're just going to ride it out, right? Those people are a problem. People burning fossil fuels are a problem. So what we need to do is stop burning fossil fuels. And before we starve to death, change our gender. And if we do those two things, that will save Neptune, which we have to be focused on. It's so far away that it takes light minutes to get here from there, right? So as far as we know, the temperature's gone back up over the last five minutes, we would know, right? But, but clearly, it's our use of fossil fuels that is impacting Neptune. We've got to take responsibility for that. We cannot put our heads in the sand. And the last thing we want to do is ask the question of, wow, another planet's temperature has decreased 
as far as we know, there's no humans within light minutes of it. I wonder if that's possible. We don't want to ask that question. We want to blame it on the cisgendered fossil fuel users, all of whom should go to jail with the sticker people once we get the murderers back on the street. I mean, look, I, I can't really add anything to that. That is a hundred uh, percent true and uh, accurate. And uh, I, I'm not sure I understood all of it, but uh, I'm behind it. Um, and and that's that. Finally, Brad, uh, we end the segment on a sad note. RIP report, the Volaris singer, Bobby Rydell, teen oh. idol. Uh, bye bye, Birdie, Ooh. passed away at the age of 79. Uh, cause of death has not uh, yet been revealed. I can confirm uh, that he he has not attended a uh, John Hinckley concert uh, over the past six months. So that's certainly something I think we can rule out. Everything else is on the table. But uh, what's your fondest memory of the great uh, late uh, Bobby Rydell? But I never got to see Bobby live. I have heard his music. And it is my understanding that, you know, Bye Bye Birdie was written, that stage play was written about him. And my oldest daughter actually starred in that stage play in high school. And so I guess that would be, you know, sort of a two degrees separation from Bobby, I guess. But that's my favorite memory. Yeah, my favorite was when he toured with Fabian and Frankie Avalon in the 80s. They would do all sorts of uh, um, uh, summer concerts. So just a, a big loss. Um, I assume some of his celebrity will be filled up by one of the uh, Kardashians. Let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, learn more about us on the web at the uh, IPFrequently.com website. Rate and review our podcast, IP Frequently, wherever you consume your podcast um, fix. And also, you can learn more about us on the InstaFace Twitter and the Facebook at IP underscore frequently uh next we have an update on the thruple um controversy again thruples were dealt with last week in our uh in our big show this week we've got a uh a, a new issue um a texas baker manuel telez um has been charged with murdering his uh, lover anthony moreno who was 52 um moreno had just finished a um an instagram live video inside of telez's bakery um, where it was learned that Telez was also seeing another baker whose name I don't have, and I believe he's being protected. Um, he's in the some, baker protection program. It it could uh, it could be, but actually it uh, it uh, no it, it it looks like it's actually Moreno's wife Ophelia. Ophelia was the third part of the thruple, so there was a thruple going on, mm. and I believe it, it was. It looks like it was an unknown thruple, at least a part of the thruple. So a thruple, it doesn't imply that everyone has full knowledge, right? It's like game theory. You don't exactly know what's going on. Prisoner's dilemma, right? Prisoner's dilemma. So in any event, um, there was this Instagram live going on inside the bakery. Telez then stabbed Moreno multiple times and set his body on fire with gasoline in the bakery. Um, uh, because of the thruple. The thruple was revealed, I guess, during the Instagram Live. So, Brad, it looks like these thruples are more um, trouble than they're worth. No pun intended. Uh, Yeah, no, I, I, you know, look, most folks, when they get up in the morning, if you were to ask them, if you were to say, hey, here's a cup of coffee, take a couple of sips of that, let me know when you're ready. Would you like to be stabbed and then set on fire in a bakery or otherwise, quite frankly? 
most folks are going to tell you no. Like I'd like to avoid that over the course of this day. And so then if you were to present a follow-up and say, well, okay, if you had to give up your thruple, cloudy, contrary, or otherwise, in order to avoid being stabbed and then lit on fire, would you do it? I, again, I think most folks, four out of five, probably there's always that dentist that's fine with you chewing sugary gum. There's always the person who's going to want to hang on to the thruple. But four out of five folks are going to say, yeah, if I had to give up my thruple in order to avoid you know, being immolated, I would do that. Yeah, I guess so. I guess there's a lesson here somewhere um, for people, but we'll just, uh, I guess we'll keep monitoring it. There's not much more we can do. Next, we have the election 22 um, update. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about this, but uh, big news at the White House, big shakeup. Jen Psaki, Psaki, Psaki is um, the big spokesman at the White House. Uh, very handsome woman again, like the governor of Alabama, um, is in fact leaving the White House to take a $5 million a year gig at the cable news uh, outlet MSNBC, Microsoft NBC. Um, she'll be leaving this summer, uh, just in time for the summer season, summer solstice, some would say. Um, but uh, big, uh, big loss for the White House, do you believe? Or do you believe that they could replace her with um, just about anybody? Uh, but I, these jobs are hard, right? I will grant both under the, certainly in the Trump administration and the Biden administration, it is hard to be a spokesperson, right? Because you, you are trying to explain to a largely aggressive media, the jackassery that your boss is undertaking on a daily basis, right? Whether it's Trump or it's Biden, obviously their their particular brand of jackassery is very different, um, but it's those are hard jobs. So while I do not like Jen Psaki, it, it, in fairness, it may be because of the job, right? So we'll have to see what she is like when she's on MSNBC. I am unlikely to ever take the time to watch her um, but I'm sure our audience will let us know how she does. I think she has found the proper home. I think based on some of the things she has said, she will do quite nicely with the cast of characters one typically finds on MSNBC. And five million bucks, buddy, is a lot of money. If someone's going to pay you five million bucks, U.S. to throw on a shirt, yeah, U.S. throw on a shirt, you know, put a barrette in your hair, and get yourself on TV and say silly things, you should take that gig. And my guess is that she is going to run, not walk, but run away from the White House, regardless of her particular political bent. That job sucks. Yeah, well, good luck um, to her on um, MSNBC. We won't be watching. Next, Brad, we remember a few weeks ago, we transitioned from the COVID corner, which was a nice little safe corner where we talked about COVID to the end times report. And now those two have sort of merged together as one without any doing of our own. And so we have a huge spike of the stealth variant in the U.S. of COVID. It is uh, a rise in cases um, in half of the United States. Um, infections are up at 25% across the board week on week. And this is another uh, COVID crisis. Um, it is uh, obviously a huge uh, problem. However, Dr. Ashishi Jha, the White House COVID response director, has said that he is not overly concerned about this recent shift 
and that Americans need not be excessively concerned. And so it seems like we've entered a new stage with COVID, uh, the live with it uh, stage where we just sort of deal with um, COVID as a cold and use therapeutics to protect those most, most vulnerable. I will say that even deaths are down uh, week on week and month on month. So it seems like this is trending in the right direction and we're able to, to sort of treat it uh, here. We probably were able to do six or 12 months ago, but at least the public officials are starting to come around on this. And I think that's somewhat positive. What an odd approach. But I mean, to think that you would say, well, there's viruses floating around in the atmosphere and you know, typically they are passed from one person to another, and you start to feel a little what we like to call under the weather. Your nose may run, yeah. you may get a cough, you may get a fever, you may get some aches and pains, perhaps a sore throat. You may want to take some therapeutic, as you describe it, maybe some Advil, and uh, you know, maybe take a nap. And then just when someone says, hey, you look a little under the weather, you respond with, yes, I have a cold. And people then sort of nod their heads sagely and say, well, feel better. And you say, I will. Now, that's an odd approach to take for something as clearly devastating as the stealth variant of COVID is. I believe it's called the stealth variant because you don't know you have it. And, uh, and so things like that are incredibly dangerous when they have no impact on you at all. It's sort of like a person, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, a person sneezing, you know, perhaps in Indonesia. So I think it's odd, but you know what? I, 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 I'm going to trust the government because they've certainly earned it. And I'm going to go along with this crazy uh, approach of just, you know, sort of taking some Advil, uh, making sure you have an extra box of tissues and perhaps drinking some hot tea. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably the way to go. Of course, uh, China at the same time is locking down whole areas of Shanghai to the point where people are throwing themselves out of buildings. So two different approaches, but it seems like the U.S. public health authorities two two years in are starting to get the hang of this global pandemic thing to the point where maybe it's not a global pandemic after all. Well, you know what, buddy? Time will tell. And I'm sure there's many reasons you would want to throw yourself out a window if you were in Shanghai. I do find it curious that COVID is flaring up in all of the cities in China that produce the things Americans really want because we have you know, absolutely sold ourselves off to the Chinese. They're in absolute control of our supply chain. And weird how COVID flares up in the cities where chips are manufactured and other things that our supply chain needs. It's almost like there's an FU America strategy going on over there. But I may be, you know, getting out over the tips of my proverbial skis. Yeah. So um, next, we're going to talk about the royal family. Um, Big news this week with respect to the royals. Of course, anyone who listens to the show knows Brad has a special place in his heart for the royal family. Um, This week learned a lot. First, Harry and Meghan Megxit, Brad, are moving from Montecito, California to New York City. Uh, That's big news. And Meghan will be joining Prince Harry at the Invictus Games in the Netherlands uh, later this month. So that also is big news. Of course, they'll be followed by their documentary crew uh, for the Netflix uh, contract they signed, where they'll be filming some uh, some raw footage. I mean, anyone who who doesn't love a good sporting event um, and doesn't follow the Invictus Games, I don't even know what is 
wrong with you, but any any event where you have you know people put into a an octagon and only the uh, the, the winner survives, very exciting um, stuff. And then finally, Brad, uh, it turns out according to a new book that Prince Harry and the Megxit cannot stand the Duchess of Cornhole, Camilla, or the Royal Prince Charles. Um, and apparently, uh, he does not, Princess Harry does not want the Duchess of Cornhole to become queen, and he is willing to take any steps necessary to prevent that from happening, perhaps even getting her into the squared circle in the Invictus games. Or having her be part of his, you know, Netflix documentary, because, you know, as you and I and everyone are aware, all that Harry and Meghan want is just to be left alone. They just, they just want their privacy. They want to be able to raise their children. And the best way to do that, to ensure that your personal space is maintained, that you have some privacy, that your kids are not stigmatized, is to star in your own documentary on Netflix. And so that makes perfect sense. I am glad to see them doing that. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I do find it difficult to disagree about the Duchess of Cornhole. I wouldn't want her uh, you know, to be my child's grandmother either. And so I sort of come down on on that side of the line with Prince Harry. But I believe once you've abdicated your position within any family, certainly a royal family, then you have less chance of influencing what happens there. But that doesn't seem to uh, be in any way capable of mitigating him continuing to flap his soup coolers at anyone who will listen. Yeah, it seems like, it does seem like the... Um... Uh, it does seem like the Duchess of Cornwall has the royal family by the short hairs, proverbially speaking, and uh, will become queen. One more note, uh, a new book out about the royal family says that Jeffrey Epstein, of course, the uh, sex trader who um, hung out with Prince Andrew, had used Prince Andrew to, quote, gain access to shady foreign money markets where he could bank. Uh, and uh, when asked, told people that Prince Andrew was a, quote, uh, useful idiot end quote, uh, often referring to him as, quote, that idiot. Uh, finally, Brad, barter band, the award-winning segment. Uh, this is how we end every show, except for shows we put in the middle or at the beginning. Um, but this week, Brad, Chipotle, one of your favorite places. I know you love it there. Uh, but for the botulism crises that they've had often over the years would be a, a, a veritable hotspot for America's youth to go and enjoy a, a, a burger or a burrito. Um, and apparently Chipotle is now taking a look at the global uh, labor market shortage and deciding that the best uh, way to go is to start creating these Chipotle robots that uh, make the, 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 the salads, the soups, the burger, whatever they make at the Chipotle, they're going to be making it with these robots. And apparently... The um, the robot is going to be called uh, Chippy uh, because it's going to make the, the potato chips that they uh, um, popular the popular chips that they sell there, um, and then the robot will eventually go over to the grill and grill a burger, maybe a BLT. I, I, you know, I don't know. Eventually, it'll start working the waffle iron, Brad, the waffle iron station. And then uh, when they have the Sunday brunch, we'll be making the uh, the uh, choose your own fillings for the omelets. So, Brad, all in all, it seems like Chipotle is barring and banning or banning um, human beings as employees. And they're going the way of the robot uh, to uh, solve all of your brunch needs. So uh, I guess the question ultimately as framed in this context is um, uh, should Chipotle ban its uh 
human being workers in favor of this um, chef savant robot chippy. Oh, but yeah, I like the name. It's clever. I mean, if you're going to make chips, Chippy is clever. I, you know, I, I guess it really boils down to how are they going to get the botulism back in the meat if they're using robots, right? Now, I suppose you could just have a particular, maybe Bocce, the botulism robot, will come by occasionally and just spray some into the atmosphere. But I think that's something that you have to bear in mind if you're an executive with the Chipotle company or whatever vast you know, food-based holding company actually owns Chipotle. I don't know, but I do think you have to give that some consideration. I have, in fact, been to a Chipotle on, you know, a number of occasions over the years, and no one there looks particularly happy to be there, the folks that are behind the counter. And I suppose you could just paint a happy face on Chippy. And so, you know, maybe that is a move in the right direction. I, you know, at this point, buddy, I cannot ban it. What about the people at the other end of the counter, the customers? They look happy? No, no one really looks happy in a Chipotle now that I'm thinking about it. No one looks happy to be there, whether you're being paid to be there or whether you're, you know, sort of throwing the, throwing the food poisoning dice. And no one's really happy to be in the Chipotle. Well, there it is. I'm going to say Bard just for the heck of it, I think. Yeah, but right. I do think this robot's a good idea, and I think it could lead to many great things, including deploying robots in the next Olympic Games um, so for, for some of the, the feats of strength. So uh, this could lead in the right direction. I'm excited. And, uh, you know, I may just head down to a Chipotle now for some fish and chips, not the surf and turf, Brad, but for some fish and chips. No, we live in a fish and chips world at this point, my friend. But there is always hope, and we will maintain that hope at least until next week on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome. <laughs>